This podcast is brought to you by Laterno University. Laterno University is the Christian polytechnic university in the nation where educators engage students to nurture Christian virtue, develop competency and ingenuity in their professional fields, integrate faith and work, and serve the local and global community. Laterno offers more than 140 undergraduate and graduate degree programs across a range of disciplines and delivery models at Laterno's residential campus in Longview, Texas, and in hybrid and fully online options at centers in the Dallas and Houston areas. Online at letu.edu. That's letu.edu. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number for him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our 9 to 5. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Hey, thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon as we broadcast from Bemidji, Minnesota. That's right, Bemidji, Minnesota. We're on the homestead right now of Ken and Becky Berge. These guys have lived here for almost 50 years. We just cleaned the icicles off their faces. They've been here for so long. They just live with ice on their face. It's unbelievable. (laughs) But we're so excited for you to hear their story and what God has done in their lives. They've lived up here in the frozen tundra and you know I've talked about the frozen tundra on this show. My favorite place, northern Minnesota, where the mosquitoes are way more plentiful than the fish and just about as plentiful as the lakes. I don't know how else to say, but behind it, oh, I know. Let's have people call us and just give us a, uh, some feedback. How about that, Martha? Sure. So people can call in to 866-713-9675. That's 866-713-the word work, W-O-R-K, as in I work for him. In case people didn't figure that out, we were pretty excited to get that phone number. That's right. And then if you would also just connect with us from on our website, iworkforhim.com, that's a great thing as well. It is. So right there, we post, um, we actually have our Facebook feed that goes right through the, um, our website if people want to see it. And if people are on the road, this is something we've enjoyed because of the fact that we um, deal with the same thing. And the fact that you can go to the website, you can look at where we might be, where we're playing live and just click on the button and they don't have to f- dial a radio station. Anywhere in the world, you can listen to I Work For Him. We're on six times a day streaming off of iWorkForHim.com. Love to have you listen and then give us some feedback. Maybe you know some people we should be interviewing. You may know the next Burgies that live in some random small place in somewhere random United States of America. Hey, we'd love it if you connect us up with a couple in Northern Alaska. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> as long as those people are willing to help support us getting all the way up there. That's right. That's what we'd love to have. All right. So however you listen to us, anywhere in Florida and Southern Georgia, we're grateful that you've tuned in and we're so excited. You know, it's not often we get to have musicians on the show. Where do you hear the music we're going to hear today? You know, I'm not very musical, so I don't attract musical people very often. Today in Bemidji, Minnesota, or as I like to joke about it, Bemidji, Minnesota, we get to talk bluegrass minnesota bluegrass not kentucky bluegrass people these no i'm not even gonna i'm I'm not gonna i'm gonna walk away from that there's a difference but ken and becky berge they've been they have a ministry called family bluegrass and their family has united for years by the music that flowed from their hearts i wanted you to hear their story so we traveled west today ken and becky berge welcome to i work for him 
Thank, Thank you, you, Jim. What a blessing to be with you. Well, we're excited about it. And you guys are in this transition time, so I can't wait to talk about your halftime. Because you're, you're in this whole, you, you for how many years have you run uh, Ken Berge Construction? Oh, my. It's, it was 30-plus uh, years that we, we, we worked away at, uh, at the construction business. Building homes all over northern Minnesota? or Well, tried to stay uh, relatively close to home, but uh, yeah, to some degree. We, well, in the, in the wintertime, it's easy. You just put skids underneath them. You could haul homes anywhere you want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, listen to you, Florida yes. guy. Uh, I'm a Minnesota guy. I'm just giving you a hard time. All right. So let's, before we get into all of the detail, what God's working on in your lives, I first want to hear your story. Becky, how did you come to be a follower of Jesus? Well, I was uh, raised in a home where we went to church and uh, all the time, whenever the doors were open, we were there. Um, But I personally didn't really give my life to Jesus until I was uh, about a junior in high school. And then uh, it was just in in a church service one Sunday morning and God really spoke to me and I realized that, you know, I was trying all this time, trying to be good, trying to do the right things. Um, then I realized that it wasn't anything I could do, but I, I had to have God do it for me. So from that point on, um, I've just, not that it was perfect, but I just uh, was following him then and looking for his guidance in my life and his power. Hmm. Very cool. Ken, what about you? How did you come to be a follower of Jesus? I went to summer Bible camp. Um, Big Sandy Bible Camp in uh, in East Central Minnesota as a teenager. And um, is that Detroit Lakes or is that no? It's the other way. It's over south of Duluth. Uh, oh, okay, all right, McGregor, Minnesota. Right. If okay. you're familiar, sure. But um, we had a, a camp pastor that boy, he nailed me between the eyes with the gospel, hmm. and. Uh, you know how teenagers are. You think you got it together, but uh, boy, that I'll never forget that evening when I made the commitment to commit my life to Christ. And uh, it was memorable. It was uh, a powerful thing in my life. So how did you, the two of you meet? We met in church. The first time I ever saw Becky was in church. So was that your first Sunday in church then after you, after church camp experience? No, Sandy, no, this was a few years later. Um, and Becky and her, her family moved to our town to Cass Lake and, uh, and she showed so you up. Grew up a new girl in town, right? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I, I basically grew up in this area and we attended the, the Cass Lake Alliance church and, uh, um, had a, that had a big impact on me and in, in my spiritual walk and uh, had a number of wonderful pastors that uh, nurtured and and uh, you know guided guided me really grateful for that mm. and um, but yes that's where I first saw Becky so Becky how did it how did the romance start now this romance has now lasted 49 plus years of marriage how did it start well I have to say at first my sister had mentioned this guy that was in the church and I you know how it is with siblings you know you're thinking oh well you know it's probably not for me (laughs) but um yeah I don't know he was such a wonderful young man and everybody in the church really respected him and my sister really did too and she said he's a quality guy and little by little I don't know I worked at a restaurant in town and he'd come in and you know do things like turn his glass over and put the tip underneath so that when I would pick it up, 
it would spill all over the place, you know. He would, yeah, I don't know how to Draw attention to himself. Oh, I so I, that what was happening. <laughs> yeah, little by little, I just, yeah, I just really got to know him better and really respect him for for who he was. I had to work at it. Oh, my goodness. It was a painful and profound process. <laughs> I could, <laughs> We're going to leave that yeah, one there. I was just going to say I could go on and on, whoa, but I won't. Whoa, but he wants to make it to his 50th wedding. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's right. 50. Where are you guys going to celebrate 50. Well, we're working on that. Yeah, we haven't decided yet. We're, uh, uh, we've got uh, a number when is, of options. What's the date? June 3rd. Okay, so next year. So we got a few months. You've yeah. got a few months yet to, yeah. to work on that. Okay, so 49 years of marriage. Becky, what has been the biggest key in your mind? We're going to ask Ken his own opinion. What's been the biggest key to the success and the length of your marriage? Well, I have to say the biggest key is the fact that when we said, I do, we made a commitment before mm. God. And that has kept us, uh, the covenant we made in marriage has has really been the thread that has held us together all these years through all the, you know, the difficult times and everything. But Because you had how many kids? We had four children. Those difficult times of times four. Okay. All right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's actually the, not the children that was the difficult times. It was just us. You know, we were young. We got married. Um, there's just a lot of stuff when you're True. putting two people mm-hmm. together and, um, you know, just through the difficulties of learning to live together as husband and wife. And yeah, just. Ken, what about you? Um, the key to marriage? The key. The key to the successful marriage. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, it's the, it was the grace of God. I mean, I, have, mm-hmm. I keep coming back to that. I mean, yes, we've, we've uh, that, that commitment was important. And we we continue to go back to that, and I think making that commitment, mm-hmm. you know, marriage. We came to understand as the years went by that marriage was was a covenant. God's desire is that you know covenants are never broken, and uh, God hates divorce. He hates brokenness. He and uh, his desire is that uh, we continue to grow closer to Him and then closer together. And it's only by the grace of God that we were able to survive some of the most difficult things. Mm-hmm. So just thankful for, for his love and care for us. And that uh, when things were difficult, we had the option of turning to him, which we did. I love that. I love the love story. Love the length. Love the commitment. When we come back, we're going to figure out where did the music intersect all of this as we talk with Ken and Becky Berge right here in Bemidji, Minnesota. Well, it's Cass Lake, Minnesota. It's really right in between. But as we celebrate July in Minnesota with Ken and Becky celebrating their upcoming event called FamilyBluegrass.com, FamilyBluegrass.com. Yeah, so should we talk about this information that well, we, we should had talk here about? about the... How does the music intersect our lives before we talk oh, about this? Oh, that's a great idea. So you guys talked about getting married, and um, you see the covenant of marriage as being one of the you know big things that, and your commitment to God, commitment to each other, that's gotten you this far. Where did music intersect in all of this? I'm assuming it might have already been you know bo- broiling over with you guys, but how did that come to be as a couple? Well, I think one of the things that really melted my heart with Becky was when I heard her play the piano for the first time. Mm. Wow. I mean, that just, that was just heaven. She's blushing. Look at her. She's like, oh, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, she's got a, she's got a wonderful gift. 
of music. She came from a somewhat of a musical family. Her and her sisters sang, and her brothers played the guitar. And I don't know if you ever did any music as a family necessarily, but uh, sang together and so on. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I came from a. You know, my mother made me take piano lessons, which was <laughs> torturous. And uh, but I ended up ended up finding a, a guitar and started playing that. And and so when we were married, we were we each had some music background, and so we started playing and singing together as just the two of us uh-huh. at home. Okay. And we did a few things in church, nothing uh, nothing uh, too big, but just enjoying music together. Mm. And so our kids were forced to listen to that when they were growing up and and uh they ended up enjoying and loving music too. Yeah, we just always, you know, sing them to sleep and you know, things like that. We just mm-hmm. always had music and I would teach them little courses and when they were little and stuff and uh, yeah, the the younger two, there's uh, the older two and then the younger two girls, um they would sing when they were just small actually um even in their cribs and they were going to bed at night and eventually they started harmonizing with each other. I have no idea how that happened, but yeah. So they started singing together when they were really small. Wow. So it wasn't like you were sitting there going, okay, here's some harmony. Let's figure this out. But we always sang harmony. Right. But they, so they'd heard it. Yeah. They'd heard it. It just kind of must've seeped in somehow. That (laughs) is fabulous. So then when did you, when did you decide that it was more than just uh, stuff for you at home? I think that happened on a very gradual basis. Mm-hmm. Now, there's our two oldest children were, let's see, there's a, there's an eight-year gap between those two and okay. the younger two. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> and we did music together when everyone was home. But uh, eventually, of course, the older two uh, were off to college, and the younger two were just at that point where they were starting to... to uh, you know, sing and starting to take some music lessons and so on. And that's when it started. We did a few things, just sang together, the four of us. And whenever we were all together, including Missy and Matt, the older ones, we we would sing together when we could, but they were already kind of launched out. So so we, uh, with with the girls, is when it really started. And when they started uh, taking music lessons and becoming serious about it. So I'm curious, then, had you always had a love for bluegrass music? Is that what you were singing at home? Or how did that get entered into your life? We, at the beginning stages, just music in general, mm-hmm. you know, church hymns, uh, choruses, music in general, uh, this is what we enjoyed. Now, Becky, in her piano playing, she played a very unique style that that uh, was more of a, I don't know, how would you describe it, Becky? Can you say Christian honky talk? Sure. I love that. I love that. I we might have to hear that's, a little of that that's, later. Uh, I'm looking for the piano in the living it's room. Right there. Oh, there it is. It's there. there. It's there. It's there. Good, huh? It was to your back. I'm going to just help everybody with that because, yeah. you know, you don't like miss a it. piano. Well, it's behind it. It was behind the plants. Yeah, yeah. But the word bluegrass, you know, that uh, that label on a certain style of music encompasses a pretty broad spectrum uh-huh. of stuff. Mm-hmm. And right away, I know a lot of people cringe when they hear that because of the lack of sophistication. You know, classical trained people, they would say, oh, oh no. <laughs> you know, oh. But, but um, our, 
Our heart is not necessarily the music style, mm-hmm. although we love that style. Um, it's more that a family is doing something together, and they can the family can develop their own their own style. So, mm-hmm. but you know, the bluegrass, what's labeled as bluegrass, is acoustic instruments. Um, you know, not necessarily um, you know drums and electric guitar, but um, that style is what we enjoy, mm-hmm. but we're not, we're not against the other either. So, and is that, is that pretty typical in the bluegrass setting to have a lot of families? Is that what you've kind of found or how does the family part come into it? The, the family part is, is something that, uh, <clears throat> well, let, let me just go back a few years. It's been probably 30 years ago when our family went to church us on a Sunday morning um, like we usually do. And, uh, you know, we'd been dealing with the normal struggles of life. And this particular Sunday morning, unknown to us, our pastor had invited a family to come in and, and take the Sunday morning service and just share some songs. And they weren't bluegrasses, I remember. They just did uh, just a number of nice songs. But as I sat in the pew that morning, uh, you know, God kind of caught me off guard with this, Mm -hmm. the ministry of that family. And they weren't necessarily professional in nature, but they were sincere and they had a message to share, a message of love and and uh, God's care for us. And and they ministered to my heart in a way that was I sat in the pew and I wept. I hate to admit that as an old tough construction guy but tough northern minnesota construction guy (laughs) yeah whatever but that was a that was a memorable morning for me and they ministered to me in a way that was unforgettable Hmm. came came home and not that everything was instantly rosy but i remembered that i remembered the power and they were oblivious to it i'm sure they were just sharing their heart um it, it was it was so memorable, and I never forgot. And so I've come to we've come to realize the effectiveness and the power of a family mm-hmm. presenting the gospel together, ministering together, mm-hmm. whether it be in music or some other some other way of serving. But uh, that's what gradually, you know, God placed it on our heart over a period of time that we wanted to emphasize that, encourage families to view themselves not, you know. Uh, take it a couple steps uh, further and consider and pray for a ministry that they can do together. Mm-hmm. All right. I want to come back to that, but I want to make sure we highlight. So you've got the family bluegrass festival coming up on Lake Itasca, on Lake Itasca, uh, August 3rd, 4th and 5th. People can find out more about it online, familybluegrass.com. You've got at least nine families highlighted in the picture. Uh, and uh, are there more families playing music that day? Lots more families. We have, uh, these are, would be the featured groups this year. But there'll be a number of other families on open stages. Got it. Lots of different places. Lots of different places to play. We encourage families to come prepared. They may only know a few songs, a couple songs. They can sign up for a 15-minute slot on an open stage. And even though they're scared, they can play and get their feet wet. Um, you know, get, uh, get some experience and uh, get some tips from 
experience families. All right. Familybluegrass.com. Familybluegrass.com. Becky, I want to ask you a question before we go to break. The impact, when you look at your family before and after singing together as a group, talk about the impact that music and performing together had on your family. Well, it was it was amazing, I think. Looking back, especially, we're, we're realizing more so, but um, we were doing stuff together. It wasn't that um, somebody was out one direction and another child was out another way or whatever. We were doing things together. And when we started traveling with the girls and... Um, you know, they were older. They had jobs still, um, but we would go out on weekends mostly. And we'd come back, drive all night Sunday night to try to get back so he could work on Monday morning and the girls would have their jobs too. Um, but the girls have said too that that was an amazing time for them when they were able to just, you know, we were together as a family. We just had so much fun. And um, the blessings of meeting people across the country and the testimonies of, um, you know, people say, I know we were in the prisons in Alabama. We were singing down there. And one guy came up to us and said, I never even knew there was families like this. Mm-hmm. When we come back, lots more from Bermidji, where it is literally the ice literally came off the lakes less than two months <laughs> ago. Okay, it was just a little over two months ago, but literally just a little over two months ago. And it was three feet deep before that. That's where they breed very hardy people. We're talking to those. And it's been so hot that now the water is warmer than it normally is. It's ridiculously hot. Yesterday. I'm loving it. Yeah, Martha's loving it because she feels like it feels like Florida up here. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> All right, we want you to check out the Family Bluegrass Festival coming up. It's at the well, it's a family music festival at Lake Itasca, which is by the way, Lake Itasca. That's the headwaters mm. of the Mississippi River. That's M I S S I S S I P P I. That you may have heard of that river. Well, it starts in northern Minnesota, and that's where this festival is, August 3rd, 4th, and 5th, familybluegrass.com. Are you guys going to be live streaming that, Ken, on, so people can live stream that on Facebook or anything like that? You know, I don't think we've ever done that. That's really? an idea. Well, I mean, I think you, well, if you can have cell phone services or cell phone service here, you could Very just, poor. Ah, uh, that might be. That's one of the blessings. To buy a booster. Yeah. No, it's a blessing. What are you saying uh, about cell terrible. phone service? All right, so... Becky, right before the break, you were talking about you're in prison. And, uh, okay, you were visiting. <laughs> you were seeing and you had a guy made a comment to you. Why don't you pick up that story there? What was that comment again? Yeah, he, he had just said after we were done singing, he said, uh, I never even knew there were families like this. Mm. And that's a comment that we've actually heard quite a bit throughout you know, our travels, is that um, people were amazed that we were singing as a family, that we had girls that were, you know, late teens, early 20s, um, and they were with their mom and dad, of all Mm -hmm. things, you know, singing together. It was almost like it was a foreign idea. And it wasn't that we were anything special. We were just us. But but the, the picture that you see of a family... Working together, doing something good together mm-hmm. is a powerful thing, even if even if they don't sing anything, if they just lip sync. I mean, just that picture. <laughs> and I'm convinced that that's what we need to see. We're suffering from a shortage mm-hmm. of godly families. Mm-hmm. We need uh, people to see and be, be challenged by families together. Mm. Well, you know... You, you, 
if you take a step back and you think about it, you didn't just uh, say, okay, we're going to sing this song and it happened. It took time at home. You had to develop mm-hmm. what that was going to look like and you had to practice, I'm assuming. It's hard work. And so, you know, somebody watching you, whether it's in a prison or in a church setting or in a, on a campground, they don't see all of that, but they see the results of it. Mm-hmm. And um, that speaks so loudly, no matter what, what it is, because like you said, you're real people doing something mm-hmm. that you love to do. And what a great example for other people. Well, when you got married, you probably didn't think, hey, you know what, let's, honey, let's form a band and we'll do bluegrass and we'll travel all over the place singing and playing music instruments, right? That, that wasn't, We would never, never have envisioned that. <laughs> right. But God, it seems like God kind of did this. He, he gave you this platform. He totally. Did. Well, and, and so when you look at it, so really what God revealed to you is that you guys were an example to many other families to say, let's do this together. Let's, let's. Let's do music together as families. And that's what this family bluegrass festival on August 3rd, 4th and 5th this year is all about. All these performers are performing as families. That's Mm -hmm. correct. I think that's just fantastic. And you said there's nine feature families, but there's all kinds of open stages all over the place. Now, is this at a campground or where is this being held? It's being held at a, at a, uh, uh, what would you call it? It's an old rustic village that is owned by a group of people called the Lake Itasca Region Pioneer Farmers. It's mm. just a bunch of local folks that have put together this uh, this old village and they have a thrashing show, old tractor show, um, two weeks after the festival every year. Mm-hmm. And- so if people are listening though, and they've never been up in this part of the country, but maybe they're like, hey, I want to go to Northern Minnesota in August because I heard it sounds really nice up there. I mean, you're talking from the Twin Cities. It's about a five hour drive, right? Well, it's a little less than that. I think four hours. Okay. Yeah. All right. Up there. Sorry. That sounds like fun. And it'd be all kinds of incredible music. What about food? There's food available. Good food. Oh, yes. Lots so food of- trucks. There's food trucks and there's, um, there's a kitchen there that we use and actually our son-in-law um is a quite a cook so he's he's taken over that and has a group of volunteers and they produce some wonderful food so fabulous you won't starve to death yeah we kind of just renamed the building for this weekend uh we call it the banjo cafe oh that's cute Real original there. finger picking good <laughs> oh, I bet there's a whole bunch of these one-liners oh, that you come up with. Picking good, so, I so, so Jim, yes. I, Jim, I wanted to highlight a few things that are on this flyer okay. that they have here. And all of this information can, can be found at familybluegrass.com. But this weekend goes on rain or shine. Mm-hmm. Yes. There is a weekend pass per person. It's only $25. For a whole family, it looks like it's 65 Or there are individual prices and stuff. And then there's camping. So you can do, it says rough camping, RV camping with no hookups. And um, that it can all happen there. And then you can have the food. So, I mean, this sounds like, oh, and I wanted to emphasize this. It says no smoking on festival grounds. Please, no pets, alcohol, or drugs. This is a family event. I mean, what a great environment you guys have set up for people to come and have a really great time together as a family. And it says you can win a guitar. Yes, you can. Is that what it says, guitar? It does. It says, well, if you're French, it would say guitar. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> so let's, let's just step back. Okay, familybluegrass.com. Somebody comes up there. How, I mean, you guys have centered all of your music around uh, the message of the gospel. I mean, exactly. your, songs, your songs are presenting truth while you're mm-hmm. singing and playing. Yeah. Is that what this festival is all about? Or, I mean, is everybody singing uh, songs about God or is uh, not some of those families? 
all of the families there would the gospel would would take front and center. Now we don't insist that every song be a gospel mm-hmm. song. There's oh, a so. host sure. of you know wonderful stuff out there that yes. uh, is encouraging, and uh, but we do ask every family to uh, to keep it uh, you know positive message. We mm-hmm. want positive message, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's just it's just a refreshing time. Mm-hmm. We've had you know a number number of people come to know the Lord because of the festival. And a number of families that have come just to check it out, and they end up going away inspired because of the the groups that are on stage, mm-hmm. and they're ministered to, and they realize, boy, do you think God would allow us to do something similar? And you know, the the key thing, like you mentioned earlier, Jim, was is prayer. Um, ask God to to give them. Um, a ministry. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't necessarily have to be music. It can be a lot of, there's no shortage of opportunities for service. And you got families coming here from Illinois, Michigan, North Carolina, Kentucky, Wisconsin, Arkansas, and Nebraska. Those are of your featured. I mean, it's people from all over the place. That's right. Yeah. That's pretty fantastic. All right. So we're talking today with Ken and Becky Berge. We're right here on their homestead in northern Minnesota, right between Bemidji and Cass Lake. I said it nice that time. Very nice. And we're talking about their family music festival and all about the family promoting family ministry, promoting families, familybluegrass.com, familybluegrass.com. You can... If you, you can enter to win a guitar by attending the event this weekend. But the reason we want to highlight it is because of the focus of Ken and Becky on the family and families doing ministry together. And so here's my question for you. So you said you used to travel with your girls. Obviously, they're not here any longer. They've grown up there. The, you got the two older ones separated by eight years. The younger ones who used to travel with you. Did they find their husbands on the bluegrass lane? Where you guys are out while you guys are out on the circuit. Is that where they found their husbands? I think the answer is yes. Yeah, I guess Becky. it would definitely be linked to the music. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. You talk about stories. Pretty interesting. Well, come our, on. Don't at least well, one. Okay. Well, our youngest daughter, Mindy, we were asked to do a, uh, to do a Sunday morning service at a church in, like you would say, Jim, Bermidji. <laughs> uh, for, for you folks listening, it's Bemidji, and that's a, that's a Native American name. <laughs> What's it mean? Well, there was a gentleman. Well, it means, it means up north cold. I don't <laughs> no, no, know. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that a number of meanings, but I think it means a lake where the river runs through oh, crosswise. The Mississippi okay. River runs, runs yeah. through mm-hmm. Lake Bemidji, and so there's a there's a profound meaning there. But uh, mm. but anyway, we were it's one Sunday morning. We were at this church and hear this. These friends of ours that we know, um, Dennis and Teresa. Yeah. Well, that's we'll okay. Leave it at that. It's okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> what? Are they are they known felons? They're running no, no, no. The <laughs> Beautiful people, but they they brought their son, who was a single young man, wonderful young man. They drug him to this, and I'm sure the poor guy wondered what in the world was. Mother was the key instigator here, but. Uh, as mothers can be. <laughs> I, I better be careful. Becky is giving me the look here. but uh, The rest anyway. is history, I'm the, thinking. Yes. Come on, let them tell the story, people. Come on. Well, we, we did that. We, we, we ministered that morning and just had a great time with those wonderful people there. And uh, we're back at, the, at our uh, 
at our CD table and visiting with folks. And, and so here, uh, here, uh, Teresa brings, I think, no, it was somebody else. It, uh, anyway, Jerry did, uh, drug this young man over and, and introduced him, uh, him to uh, our daughter, Mindy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we think that's kind of where the spark started. There you go. And, uh, and then our our daughter Melanie was invited to. Uh, she's a fiddle player, violin player. Mm. She was invited to go with a group to Ireland to do some ministry work. And uh, the last thing I told her as she got on the plane to Minneapolis was, "Now don't fall for some Irish guy." <laughs> and she said, "Oh, Dad, I won't." And uh, wouldn't you know? She came back from that music tour talking about this David guy. And, uh, and they there again, live in, they're, they're in Scotland. Now. They, li- in they Scotland. live in Edinburgh, Scotland, where we just came from this morning. We just <laughs> wow. Staggered in. That'll teach you to let them go. Yeah. See, you know, let your daughters out of your sight. They move away. Wow. That's a tough oh, one. But that, those are great stories. So your music Beautiful. directly led to them finding husbands. I would have to say yes. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. But, you know, I think God can use anything. So it doesn't necessarily have to be music. He he has ways. When we come back, we talk with Ken and Becky Berge about what's next because their daughters, they're gone. So are they singing? Are they singing as a duet or are they ready for what's next? You're listening to I Work For Him together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we broadcast from Bemidji, Minnesota at the homestead of Ken and Becky Berge. Check out their Bluegrass Festival coming up. Familybluegrass.com. Familybluegrass.com. Becky, you wanted to say something. Well, I just wanted to say that Ken and I, I mean, there's, we just, Ken had the vision for this, but we couldn't do it without all the volunteers. There's so many people that come and they just they work all weekend and they do anything. They scrub toilets, they, you know, clean up the the grounds, and um, we just so appreciate every person. Do they come in as families and do this? Some yes. of them do. Nice. We even had a Wonderful. family come in and shampoo all the carpets. This isn't our grounds necessarily, you know, but they came in and shampooed any of the carpets that were in the area. Just did it. Just spruce it up and get yeah, it ready. Yeah, and that was their business. Very they nice. just gave. Wow. All right. So the kids are grown and gone. Is it a duet now, or what's next for Ken and Becky Berge? Well, Becky and I love to, uh, you know, we'll sing and play music around home here and, and do some things. Um, we do a few events uh, in the community and, and uh, you know, maybe a wedding here or there, or a funeral sometimes. But uh, I've, we're trying to figure that out. We're trusting God with what's next. Well, you just got done working for 30 years in the home construction business. You, you've, you've got this business you've passed on to your son as a contractor for under Wausau Homes. That's fantastic. Love that. But you see, you've got all these buildings. You could sing and build homes. Maybe you could be the singing, building home family. <laughs> you can teach people how to sing, whistle while they work. There's a song like whistle that, whistle while you work. It's yeah. a little bit different. So, what, I mean, really, what, what do you think as you guys celebrate 50 years? You've got all of this amazing heritage and... If this experience, where do you think God wants to use it, Becky? I really don't know. <laughs> I know I just uh, want to be available as grandma, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. want to be available for the and where kids. Where are the grandkids? Where are they all at besides in Scotland? Well, there's there's some here in Bemidji, and then we have some down in southern Minnesota and Tracy, Minnesota, down there. Very nice. good. You know, there's, um, I just want to speak to that for a minute because a lot of people, 
don't have the blessing of even having grandparents in their lives Mm -hmm. and um, seeing the importance of that. I just want to encourage you with that because you, you have an influence that's different than even your kids as their parents, you know, and, and we have a very um, strong culture now that there's a lot of people that don't have family connections and you've, you've made family your ministry through the family bluegrass, but family actually as a ministry, you know, a lot of us need to take that seriously, take that role because you can influence that next generation in a way like nobody else. So, and our listeners too, the same challenge to them to make sure that they're, they're intentionally doing things for the people around them that they are uh, influenced over. So these family music events, are there other events like this going on across the country and other places? Have you heard about some others? Yeah, they're starting to, uh, to build. We have some friends in, uh, in Missouri that had just started one uh, last fall was their first event. Um, uh, Bruce and Bobette Punches, the Punches family. Are and they, they Branson? Yep, not far. And they've started a family music festival down there. And we were down there. We went last year uh, for their, their first festival. So grateful to them, uh, Bruce and Bobette. They've been a, an encouragement and a blessing to us. And, and they've been inspired by... Just mm-hmm. being at the festival and being part of it, they've been a featured group uh, a couple different times and were a huge blessing. And they just realized that, wow, you know, this is, there, there's something here. You know, mm-hmm. the, that process of encouraging family ministry, encouraging that concept, it's nothing that's really talked about too, too much these days. Mm-hmm. But families, we believe, can consider themselves to be a powerful ministry team. So if there are people listening today from anywhere in the country and they want to go, hey, I like that idea of that family uh, event. And if they want to start one up, are are you guys willing to help mentor them on how to get a a family music event started? Oh, absolutely. That's our our hope. There's talk of maybe one starting in, uh, in Nebraska. Well, as true snowbirds, now that you're retired and uh, or you're where you're thinking about retirement and you're trying, even though retirement's not biblical and you didn't say that, but when, <laughs> when you when you look at that, it would be natural for you to create a whole swing of southern state music festivals in a winter time because <laughs> you probably won't miss being in Bermidji in December, January, and February. I mean, it's you know, it's chilly up here. But, Jim, I mean, Minnesota has such a beauty in the winter that we it, hate it to does. miss. I mean, my goodness. Oh, I get it, but you can enjoy it. <laughs> Come back for a week and enjoy it. But, I mean, I, mean, I think that, that would be a great ministry. Talk to me about um, your, your involvement here in the local community as you have built homes for many people over the years. I mean, how yes. many homes have you guys built in oh, the last 30 my, years? It's been in the hundreds, I'm sure, mm. if we go back and count. but. So talk about that ministry. You guys have been in the construction business, a home construction business. And, you know, you look at that ministry. How were you encouraged to live out your faith in your construction business over the years? Well, just realizing and, you know, we need to be reminded of these things on a regular basis, but that in the end, everything belongs to God. And as we work, um, remembering that we that God's heart is for us to do good for people and to serve people. And you know, when you're building a house for somebody and that's a, that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. It's one of the biggest things they've done in their life. And there's a lot of nervousness and a lot of uncertainty sometimes. And helping people through that process is, uh, it can be quite the ministry, you know, because you, 
you want to make sure you protect people from making any any tragic mistakes, which can easily happen in in that uh, you know in, in the home building environment. And uh, so, yes, there's lots of challenges, but uh, it can be considered to be a ministry. We've made a living at it. Grateful for that, and uh, uh, trusted we've you know helped a number of people through that process. That's fabulous. So we have been talking today with Ken and Becky Berge, and they have a ministry called familybluegrass.com. And Jim, we just want to encourage people to check out this event that's coming up on August 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And you you can go bring your family. It's a safe, clean environment. There's camping, food, lots of music stages. Not the kind for Martha, because there'd be no air conditioning. There'd be no running water. This is you know, bring your trailer, but no, or your tent. no more beautiful place to have it than where you guys are having it. So Lake just Itasca, encourage the people to in the check. Mississippi. Yes. Yeah. We're not inside the park though. Well, we're not, we're just, we're right just on the edge, right on the edge. So people can take some time and go to the park. Oh, it's absolutely. within walking distance. That's the very, headwaters is yeah. within walking distance of the festival site. So for all those people who never thought about the fact that the Mississippi had to actually start somewhere, Go see it. <laughs> Go to the festival. It's a it's a wonderful, profound place. Becky, you've operated behind the scenes, I imagine, not not swinging a hammer in the construction business. Yeah, I'm not very good at that. <laughs> How did you see your support role as truly a? I mean, your calling to support the Berge family construction business. How did you see your role as significant in the kingdom? Well, I basically just did the. You know, the secretarial, treasurer. I mean, I just worked in the office. But that well, was significant. Could the business run without that? Well, no. probably not. Nobody well, would get paid. Right. <laughs> so so did did you ever see your role as that support person, as a calling, as something significant that God had given you? Well, I, I saw it as supporting my husband in the work he was doing. Um, and it was kind of a, I mean, because we had the kids at home and, you know, I was raising children mm-hmm. and... And we, you know, we taught them at home for many years. And so, yeah, it was just a part of life. So you're a school teacher and an accountant. Well, I'm not a school teacher, but I'm a mom. (laughs) But you had to, yeah, but you still had to work through algebra. Oh, I loved algebra. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hear there's counseling for that. That's good. (laughs) Yeah, let me just add, Becky was a, I mean, we're we're a team and Mm -hmm. uh, two become one. Yeah. And you you remember that. And uh, so without Becky... We would have, uh, you know, well, I mean, it, it was, it was, was God's blessing that we were able to work together. Yeah, really. God always seems to knit those things together mm-hmm. like that. Amazing. Ken, just give a big plug for why people should get involved in familybluegrass.com, the, the upcoming festival, and really to think about becoming a family in ministry. I think family is for all of us is the boot camp for life. I mean, that's where we learn in the formative years, you know, all the good things. That's where, and that's the, the system that God has got set up for nurturing and for learning. And uh, we need to focus again and, and come back and concentrate on the goodness of family and how powerful that is in our lives. And for families that want to, uh, want to have an impact for God, um, 
and it doesn't have to be a huge thing where you go on the road and buy a bus and all mm-hmm. that. You can do a number of things. You can serve your church. You can serve your community. Hey, just in case anybody's wondering, that's what a home phone sounds like. <laughs> hey, we're, I, I love your thoughts, Ken, and I thank you for sharing that because it's incredible that family is the fabric of society. Well, what are we going to do? The phone's going to ring. Nobody's going to answer it because nope. we got Becky right here. But thank you, Ken and Becky Berge for being on iWork for him today. Thank you for having us. What a blessing to be with you and to meet you and uh, just grateful for that. You bet. Make sure you check out their festival online, familybluegrass.com, familybluegrass.com. You're listening to iWork for him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.